Good afternoon, Tuscaloosa. Good afternoon, Tuscaloosa, Internet World, West Alabama, right here in downtown Northport. I am Joe Gaither, and this is the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central. You guys are watching us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. You're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on Amazon. We're a proud part of the Bama Central Broadcasting Network. Bama Central, your Sports Illustrated home for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Before we get the day going, we want to encourage you to subscribe and listen to our other Bama Central Broadcasting Network podcast, Blue Collar Unplugged with Blake Byler, Matthew Gibson, and Jacob Pickle. Those guys handling all things basketball related, and we want you to we want you to uh, subscribe to their program because Alabama basketball right around the corner, fifty three days away. But we're not here to talk about hoops. We are here to talk about Alabama football. Oh, my goodness, what a week it has been. And we appreciate everybody who has watched and joined us this week. We have had a lot of fun on Monday and Tuesday breaking down the Alabama loss to Texas. On Wednesday, we talked to Crimson Tide Sports Network's Roger Hoover, really about that loss to Texas. But we started to move on for our week ahead or for our day ahead tomorrow. Alabama is taking on South Florida at 2.30 on ESPN. If you want to hear Roger Hoover and them boys on the call, they're, they're going to start Learfield Sports broadcast at 1130. You can find that on all the Crimson Tide Sports Network affiliates. And then yesterday we talked to some members of the Million Dollar Band. We had Ansley Bowles and we had Brady Mitchell joining us yesterday to let us know everything that goes into the Million Dollar Band. Today we are fully focused on the South Florida Bulls. We're going to go down to SoulFlowBulls.com and welcome in uh, welcome to a writer from SoulFlowBulls.com, maybe two writers from SoulFlowBulls.com, and we're going to have a lot of fun breaking down the South Florida Bulls. Basically, they have turned over an entire roster. They have turned over a coaching staff, and we're going to find out everything we need to know about the South Florida Bulls. So join me and join us on the comments section at Joe Gaither 6 on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. You can find me on all the social media outlets at Joe Gaither 6. And so we will uh, we will find out all, all about the uh, South Florida Bulls with Josh Katz to get it going. Josh Katz, you can follow him on the Twitter machine at jkatz0, writer for so- SoFloBulls.com. Make sure you check out his work at SoFloBulls.com. He is a South Florida alum. Thank you so much for joining me today, Josh. How, how are you doing? And I hope you're doing well. I am doing well, Joe. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, no problem. No problem. I really appreciate you carving out some of your time. I know it's a very busy week and busy time always uh, on the Friday before a home game. So I really oh, yeah. appreciate you giving me some of your time today. How, how has the week gone uh, over uh, over in Tampa? Week's been going pretty well. I'm a little under the weather today, actually. So I'm working from home. So I was able to carve out a couple minutes to hop on here. Uh Nice and sunny here in Tampa, Florida. I think it's going to be a beautiful day tomorrow for the Bulls to to host the Crimson Tide. Um, might rain tomorrow, from what I heard. So might be a little gloomy tomorrow, but I'm sure it'll be a blast either way. Absolutely. We're looking forward to uh, being a part of it. We're sending down Katie Wyndham, Blake Byler, Matthew Gibson, and Will Miller. So we'll have four guys. Four, four, uh, Four writers. I was going to say guys, but no, Katie Wyndham is uh, her own woman. Uh, we're going to have four, four writers in the press box tomorrow. We're looking forward to their coverage. You guys can follow it at BamaCentral.com. And if you want the opposite uh, perspective, you can follow it at SoFloBulls.com. 
Really a brand new team for South Florida this year. A lot of brand news. South Florida started one and one, and you've you're breaking in a new coach, a coach that Alabama fans are familiar with, Alex Golish, the Vols, former former Tennessee Vols offensive coordinator. Uh, first, I want to just throw you an easy one. What's been – obviously, we'll get into the personnel and the transfer portal and everything that's turned over on the roster. But after you fired Jeff Scott last year with uh, in his tenure, you bring in Alex Golish. What's been the biggest difference that you have noticed between Jeff Scott and Alex Golish, maybe from a philosophical standpoint or just as a uh, as a, as a mindset standpoint? What's been your, your biggest difference that you've noticed between the two coaches? Yeah, definitely. That's a good one. I think Alex Golish is a huge, huge motivator. I don't think it really matters where you came from. I don't think it matters if you were already a starter or you just came in as a transfer. He's going to give everybody the opportunity to to be that guy. And I I think the players love him. Not to say the players didn't love Coach Jeff Scott. I, I've met him a couple of times. He was a really great guy. But I'm hoping Golish was the right hire. And from what I'm hearing, he's people love him. The players love him. The staff really likes him as well. Well, that's really exciting. And really, uh, Alabama fans will remember him for directing the Tennessee offense last year that beat Alabama up there in Neyland Stadium. And we've heard Nick Saban talk a lot about the fastball offense and how it's going to be a good uh, test for Alabama. And we're going to kind of play, you know, the 11 that's on the field are going to have to play. Uh South Florida one and one to get rolling. You lost to Western Kentucky 41-24. You beat Florida AM last week 38-24. Really, obviously, with a lot of new faces and new new coaching staff, you're gonna have a little bit of time to integrate things. But just how do you think the first two weeks have gone for the South Florida Bulls? I think they were really exciting. Uh obviously nobody likes a moral victory week one, but if you told me a year ago that we would be in a dogfight with Western Kentucky. Quarterback Austin Reed they have there is insane. I know their starting receiver, Malachi Corley, went down with an injury early on. But if you told me a year ago we'd be in a dogfight with them at this point, I would have called you crazy. And that was our first game under this new coaching staff. So the fact that we were able to see that much improvement from the offense, from the defense, especially the secondary in the defense, was astonishing to me. I loved it. Obviously, they were able to get their first win this past week against FAMU, uh, Coach Golish's first home game as the Bulls' uh, head coach. But it, it's been really exciting, you know, seeing quarterback Byron Brown sling it, run it. He can he can do it all. And to remind you, I'm not I'm not quite sure when his birthday is, but he's still 18. Um, he hasn't even turned 19 yet, so he is a starting D1 quarterback. He's not even 19 years old. Kid is amazing. And he has a lot of weapons, great deep running back room, really nice and new and improved receiver room. And I'm really excited to see you know, where the next games go. Well, yeah, you hit on Byron Brown, and that's a good place to move into next. We've got a uh, – he really had – he started two two games last season. He started two games at the end of the last season, and he maintained his red shirt. So uh, he was able to kind of uh, keep that extra year of eligibility you talk about dual threat, you, and really, he's he's had a nice little start to the season. He's thrown for right at uh, almost 400 yards. He's run for almost 200 yards as well. Put in what eight touchdowns to two to, to two turnovers. So, really, how do you think that he's going to look? Last week, Alabama played pretty 
I don't know, pretty soft up front. They 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 played a lot of coverage. They only rushed three, only rushed four, trying to contain the Texas D, uh, the Texas offense. How do you think he's going to manage with a huge step up in competition? You've got Western Kentucky, then you have FAMU. Basically, now you're stepping into really the big leagues. How do you think he's ready or prepared to uh, to play against this Alabama defense? I obviously don't know Byram. I'm not going to put words in his mouth, but in my mind, he's not looking at it as the number te- number 10 team in the country. It's it's next on the schedule. You have to face them either way. I think he's going to be looking to elevate himself in a way that he has to be incredibly aware of everything, of Alabama's defensive backs, of Alabama's front seven coming at him nonstop for four quarters. It's not going to stop the whole game. That is one of the best teams in the country. They're not going to stop all game. You know, he might get knocked down, you just got to come back. It's the way you come back from getting knocked down. I I think it's going to be exciting. I think we're going to see a lot of great things out of him. Well, I think we're going to have a fun game, and really there's going to be some tests for the Alabama defense, especially with that speed and with getting ready to the – getting up to the offensive line, running plays quickly. Uh, how do you think that the South Florida team has embraced the Alex Golish style and embraced the fast-paced and getting up to the line? And Look, last year Tennessee ran really the fastest offense in college football, snapping the football really with 25, 24, 26 seconds on the on the play clock over and over and over again. How has how uh, South Florida really taken his uh, his approach, taken Alex Golish's approach, and implemented, implemented it so far? I think they've already embraced that. Um, He obviously runs a very fast offense. And that being said, if you look back at last week's game, USF was on their third drive with seven minutes left in the first quarter. And they weren't struggling at all. They, They were fast paced. They were keeping up and they were able to use that advantage and, you know, tear apart FAMU. We're joined by Josh Katz and Matt Maneri of SoFloBulls.com. Matt jumping in and joining us, the owner Absolutely. and founder of SoFloBulls.com. Thanks so much for joining us. I know you've Absolutely. had a heck of a travel week. Have you made it down to Tampa successfully? I have. I have safely, thankfully. Um, yeah, I'm just actually working out of my buddy's office. But, you know, a very good point that, that uh, Josh was making there is the O-line has been very impressive with being able to be on the ball without the penalties. So, I mean, there there have been some setbacks penalty-wise, but it's been very impressive to shape that they've been in and how quickly they're on the ball. Matt, we were kind of just hit just early on Alex Golish and, and, and his new tenure. Uh, what's the excitement level after getting rid of getting rid of Jeff Scott? Obviously, not so hot. One going one and eleven, and I think he only had a two win season a couple of times. What's been the excitement level moving from Jeff Scott to to uh, Alex Golish, the hot shot offensive coordinator from the Tennessee Balls? So I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, it's been a very tough go from Charlie Strong to Jeff Scott era. It's been a long. It's been a long six, probably six, seven years. Uh, so the fan base is excited, but they want to see it. And I really think that, you know, Alex, like Alex has really shown what, what he's going to do, what he's about. And you can already see it on the field. I've seen more from his coaching style than I saw in Jeff Scott in three years. So, I mean, I mean, that says everything. Uh, elaborate that. When you say you've seen more from his coaching style, are the players more motivated, more prepared, or is there a better better, better plan to attack the opposition? What's been uh, the biggest difference from Jeff Scott to Alex Golish, in your opinion? Attitude, preparation, um, expectations that are real, that you have to live up to or else you're gone. I mean, I mean, this is high-quality football. I mean, you can go play somewhere else that's not D1 and 
do that. And that's kind of how it felt under Jeff Scott. Alex is not playing any games. He wants to do everything perfectly. He wants to follow all the rules, set a standard, and stick to it. And I think it's really important, especially when you're coaching, you know, young adults, 18 to 22 year olds, that need direction and, and examples of how they should and should not be. And that goes through from the locker room to how they're they do in school to their personal life and in, you know into their futures in in their careers. Josh, we're, we're thinking about it really when when Alex Golish gets into gets into South Florida, uh, he has a huge task. Obviously, taking over a roster this one on eleven. Well, the roster got flipped completely over. I've got uh, twenty. Where's my transfer? Twenty five tra- transfers, and I think you guys put in fifty six new players on the South Florida roster. So, Josh, how would you say uh, he's managed or worked out the transfer portal? I mean, Colorado getting a lot of attention for what they did in the transfer portal. Florida State as well with some of their receivers. What's been your favorite obviously you have Nikwan Wright from Florida but what have been some of your other favorites or some of your your, your most important transferees that uh, that have come in to Tampa I think my favorite transfer that has come in is cornerback uh, Braxton Clark right out of Nebraska he is a huge huge person he is 6'4 I think 200 pounds he has had more tackles this season in two games than he had all last year at Nebraska. And I think it really just shows that if you're willing to work, Coach Golish is going to give you the job. And I think Clark is the perfect example for that. So I really liked what he's done so far. And Josh, just to kind of piggyback, he also is the best player he's playing. So under Jeff Scott, what what it felt like is he'd sell a, a story to all these transfers and just plug them in. No, mm-hmm. he's not doing that at all. Whoever's the best player at the spot will play. Absolutely. Well, Matt, what did you notice? Uh, Josh already kind of hit on the first two games of the season, losing to Western Kentucky and winning uh, against FAMU. But really, after the first two weeks, you've, uh, you're you working in a lot of new faces and new coaches and everything's kind of new. So what was your impression of, of the start and how do you think the, the future is going to go? Obviously, Alabama game kind of aside, what do you think the future of the South Florida program or kind of the goals of this year's, pro, this year's team will be? I think the goal of the entire season, it should be continual growth. Game by game basis, seeing growth, 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 more maturity, more improvement. And I think we've seen that in the first two games. Now, I'm not saying that we're going to come out and beat Alabama, but I, I don't think that you're going to see the same squad that you've seen the last three years that are just going to give up and roll over. I mean, there was two openers against uh, one against uh, Wisconsin and the other against BYU that were horrible. I mean, Jonathan Taylor ran for like a billion yards, like a billion. At halftime, I wanted to go home. I mean, it was bad. I don't see that kind of attitude on the field whatsoever. I see a fight, and I I see a team reflecting the attitude of the coaches, which I love. Well, that's really exciting because Alabama is going into the game this weekend as a 33-point favorite, and everybody in our neck of the woods is basically saying, oh, bounce-back game for Bama, everybody's mad, you're going to cover easily, it's going to be a blowout. And I certainly buy into that to a, a small degree, but I wonder really when I look at Alabama's problems from the last two weeks, really as far as all line play and kind of execution and consistency, I wonder if uh, that 33-point margin is going to be too large to overcome. Most of my staff members, most of my team members are basically taking Bama minus the 30, 33. Uh, what, what, Josh, we'll start with you. What, what, what do you think that's uh, – do you think that line is – disrespectful or too much on Alabama's, uh, oh, they're a big brand? What, what's your what's your opinion of kind of the per- national perception of what this game's going to be? Yeah, 
I don't think minus 33 is disrespectful. Like, I get it. We won a single game last year. At the same time, you know, Alabama looking to bounce back. Is it really considered bouncing back if they're playing a team that was the worst team in the in the country last year? So that I really don't understand. I think minus 33 is not going to hit. I, I think USF covers, and it's going to be a lot slimmer than 33. No, I'm not saying it's going to be three or seven, sure. but it, it could be 21. It could be 17. I, I think it's going to be competitive. I think we're going to shock a lot of people. Matt, do you, do you feel like the line is uh, or, or the national perception of this game is maybe a little out of whack? Um, I mean, just look at the uh, Middle Tennessee game. I mean, I mean, if you look at the stat lines, I mean, at first I was like, oh, Texas, and then, and then wait. So I mean, I I just think um, the perception is that it, it's going to you know like basically come in and just mop the floor. That's not going to happen. I don't see that. I mean, I can see twenty four, but the defense is going to play. If it rains, it's going to slow everyone down, and we're not slow already. Uh, and if anyone comes in kind of lax, because, I mean, I've seen it over the years. I mean, especially when, when we have some very good teams under Willie Taggart, where you come in kind of soft and overlook the opponent, eat too much gator. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. Uh, yeah, it can catch you. Well, and, and Alabama, everybody knows Alabama has Ole Miss on the schedule next week, and really the focus is going to be on the SEC schedule after losing to Texas. you got to go go through the West and win the West if you want to claim claim all the goals. Matt, you hit on the defense. You said the defense is going to play, and Josh already talked about the Nebraska transfer. The defense only bringing back two two starters from last season. Todd Orlando is a, the, the, a new, new new defensive coordinator, but a very, very experienced as, as a defensive coach. For people who haven't seen the first two weeks of South Florida, what kind of system is Todd Orlando running for the Bulls? So, I, so, so for me to to be honest with you, I think where it, where it actually starts is on the line. So Kevin Patrick is back, and and he's a you know old school USF guy, and that changes everything. So our entire program was built on tough defense. That's how we were good in the past, but all the way back when we had all the crazy teams, and I, and I was a student still. It was all about defense. Everyone was going to the NFL and about being tough. I think that's what we're starting to see, and it's happening each and every week. And now that's going to happen and catch up with us in the linebacking group soon, because I'm um, going to be honest: so the, the the defense was hit or miss, hit or miss, but there was enough bright spots where everyone was covering. So essentially, my point is they're mixing in everybody, and they've been switching the scheme a bit. I like that. I like coaches that adapt to their players yeah. actively. During games and make switches, and if someone's not playing well, they move into a different spot or put someone in and start, start rotating. I mean, the blitzes have been great. Uh, coverage had lapses here and there, but it is like, you know, first year again. A lot of these guys have had three coaches. Well, Josh, the blitz, I mean, the roster, you know? Yeah, if the blitzes are getting home, that's going to be a little bit of a problem for the Alabama offensive line. Texas really taking it to them, and, and, and MTSU getting home a couple of times in the first week as well on the blitz. Uh, how do, what's your thoughts about the USF defense? I think the USF defense is probably the most explosive defense I've seen in the last four or five years. They brought in University of Florida transfer and Lloyd Summerall, who I think is pretty local to USF. I don't think he's had the craziest impact so far, not to say it's not going to come. Uh, I think he's definitely somebody to watch out for. Obviously, he's from the SEC. He knows Alabama. I think he's going to be looking to show that you know he did belong in the SEC, and he's looking to run the defense here. That being said, 
is Jalen Milrow starting at quarterback? Or, I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of who they said could be starting. Is he going to be ready for that defense? Right, Tyler Buckner. Yeah, there's been lots of rumors this week that Tyler Buckner's taking snaps with the ones. Now that's not a rumor; that's a fact. But it's going to be okay. uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, whether it was a 50-50 split or just giving Buckner some run uh, and how who's going to be leading the offense go, go, going tomorrow. I, I expect honestly both quarterbacks to get run tomorrow. Uh, I think the big conversation is who's starting, and you're seeing lots of noise lately that Buckner's going to be the first quarterback out there. I'm not as thrilled about that. I'd like to see more changes along the offensive line. If if that if, if changes along the offensive line happen, then I, I think whoever's playing quarterback is going to be almost irrelevant because oh gosh, the line was brutally bad in the first week or in the second week and, and just average in the first week. Uh, let's talk about Raymond James. Alabama's playing in Raymond James Stadium for the first time since 2016, losing to Clemson, uh, walking off a loser in the national championship game. So a lot of people, uh, a lot of Alabama fans haven't been back to uh, to Tampa since then. And maybe you're going to see a lot of new Alabama fans in the stadium tomorrow. What's going to be their experience like? NFL Stadium, you got the pirate ship. Josh, what's your take and what's your feel on Raymond James Stadium? Obviously, I'm a big believer in the on-campus stadium, which we should be getting in 2026. That being said, there's going to be 70,000 fans screaming and cheering tomorrow. I don't think you can get that at any other school in the American Athletic Conference, whether it's all Alabama fans tomorrow and not many USF or completely the other way around. I think the USF fans are really excited going to show out tomorrow. That's probably the craziest atmosphere to me is that I can sit in a college stadium, not a college stadium, and there's 70,000 fans around me. Like, we're not at Ohio State. We're not at UF. We're not at Alabama. We're here in Tampa, Florida, at the University of South Florida. That's that's what I love about Raymond James Stadium. Matt, anything unique that Alabama fans need to be looking for? I mean, obviously the pirate ship stands stands alone and, and everything, uh, but anything unique about Raymond James that people should be looking for or noticing? I mean, it's an amazing venue. I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, I'm all about on-campus stadium. I'm all for it. But the amenities are insane. I mean, it's one of the best in the country by far. Um, all the food's great. All the service is great. If you get in the club, that's wonderful too. Um, I think it's just like a top, a top-notch venue. I mean, like everywhere that you sit, it's a great view. Um, everything's does. I mean, it's just a nice place. I've been coming here. Uh, let me see. I've been covering since that's media since 2014. It, and I've been to a lot of NFL stadiums too. Man, it's a nice place to come. Even tailgate, set up, huge party, the whole nine. Uh, from our end, I think a lot of people are excited about easy parking, parking lots, and parking decks. So big I think party that, area. <laughs> I think that's been the biggest uh, talking point that I've heard is, oh, we're not going to have to park miles away from the stadium. This, that, and the other. Uh, so I think a lot of people are really excited. Get there early. Yeah, yeah, early. it's going to be fun. It's going to be a blast. Um, let's let's keep keep it rolling. We're talking to Josh Katz and Matt Manuri of SoFloBulls.com. Make sure you check them out at SoFloBulls.com. You can follow them on Twitter at jcat zero and at McNurkle on the Twitter machine and at SoFloBulls on the Twitter machine. Going to have a lot of coverage on the game tomorrow. Our guys, our guys and girls. We'll have a lot of coverage at Bama Central as well. You can follow us at Bama Central on the X machine, and we'll have a lot of reporters in the booth tomorrow as well. So 
Alabama and South Florida signed a very unique contract. Alabama tried to do a little bit more home-and-home non-conference games, no more of this neutral site games to get get, get get season started. What's been the South Florida feel of, oh, we're signing a two-for-one. Yes, you, cut, you get Alabama coming to Tampa for one season, but you're going to take two road trips to Tuscaloosa. I think it's 2020 and 26 as well uh, hopefully you guys will make the trip up to Tuscaloosa and we'll be able to host you very kindly what's your uh Matt we'll start with you what's your opinion of, of the two-for-one contract and how it really works for the uh USF for the USF athletic department well if, if you'd have told me five five years ago that Bama was going to come in and play game one at Ray J I'd have laughed in your face <laughs> um, I I think it's awesome I mean it's helpful for, for Bama to come here and recruit as we know top I mean top shelf in the country is Florida South Florida has the best, you know, talent by far. I think it's wonderful. Um, the atmosphere is going to be electric. Uh, I can't wait to go to Tuscaloosa. I've never been there, you know, next season. I think as teams start to explore the area and try to come to Florida and recruit and try to get more involved, I think it's really important to have an impact and be and be, and be there. That's why neutral um, site games don't really help recruiting because everyone's traveling. There's, there's no home experience. So I, I I did see that Florida State's on Bama's uh, future schedule too, right? Yes, see, they that's, are. That's, see, that, that's another one. I wouldn't be surprised to see them get the Kings on there and go down to Miami. That's smart too. I mean, there, there's a lot of parity right now in college football due to the, the, the NIL. So things have kind of switched up recruiting-wise. I mean, Saban had Southeast Florida wide receivers coming directly to Bama like a pipeline. Like they hop on a boat and you just skip the, the entire pan, pan, panhandle of, of Florida. No Gators. No, no, just right to Bama for years. I mean, for years from like the, the uh, Jerry Judy's to who else? Larry Cooper, Calvin yeah, Ridley. I mean, the, the list is so long. And, and I, I think that's going to be the biggest impact is that as these conferences keep switching, recruiting, everyone tries to recruit so hard in Florida that the impact of being there in person and meeting with parents and all of that, I think is going to be, it's going to pay dividends. And, it, and it's great. It's great exposure for us too, for, for, our, for our brand, ABC, 330 Eastern, Huge crowd. I mean, it's it's a win-win. I think. Josh, how far is? I, mean, I looked on a map last night just because I was writing a piece for BamaCentral.com about the recruiting impact of this game and really just of the scheduling philosophy. IMG looks like it's right across the bay. Is that it, was that you know a failure on my map reading or how close is IMG? <laughs> uh, IMG is probably a little over an hour over down there in Bradenton. Um, not too far. Well, how excited are you to have a two-for-one come to Tuscaloosa twice and, and really just have Alabama fans kind of crash Tampa for a little bit? I think it's super exciting. I actually never really read into, you know, the whole USF has the first home game. But I think it is kind of interesting that, you know, Alabama could use it as a recruiting trip. Their number one signee from this past class, Des Ricks, IMG Academy, cornerback. He's electric. So they're not going to stop there. They never have. They love recruiting in Florida, like you said. <laughs> Jerry Judy, Calvin Ridley. I can, name, for days. <laughs> I can name 700 more. But yeah. I think it is important that they were able to get the first game down here. USF probably looked at it as, okay, cool. You know, that's cool. But I think it's important for Alabama as well. They're probably going to take advantage of being in the state. So one comment. Yeah, please, just, please. Just please. one comment. I think this is really cool that that the last uh, game that Bama played um, at Lincoln Field in Birmingham was against us in 2003, and now mm -hmm. their first change really and you know switched up is with us again. So in 2023. So I think that's pretty cool. 
I love the the new philosophy. So we Alabama went out to Texas last year, then hosted Texas. Going to Florida, South Florida this year, and then we're hosting South Florida twice. You're going to uh, Wisconsin next year, then you host them. You're going to Florida State, and then you host Ohio State, and then you host them. Notre Dame. So like there's a, there's a great great home and home schedule going forward for Alabama fans to to really experience college football. I mean, look, it's been cool going to Atlanta. It's been cool going to Dallas for these neutral site games. We had. Louisville at uh, Camping World Stadium as well in Orlando one year. So, like, that's been cool. But as a college football fan, I love and I'm so excited about going to see, like, the true home-and-home home experiences of, of, of these future uh, of these future schools. And you hit on IMG, like, you could go down to Who's Who, J.C. Latham to, to, to Tyler Booker. You have Evan Neal. Like, a lot. It, it's been just like the pipeline from South Florida. Bradenton at IMG has been a huge, huge uh, supplier of the Nick Saban. Of the Nick Saban. Yeah. Tell us about Naquan Wright. Naquan Wright, leading, uh, li- leading r- running back so far, transferred from Florida, just like the defender that you mentioned earlier. Uh, and, and 26 carries already, about 150 yards, and a, a couple of receptions through the first three games. What's going to be his impact on the game tomorrow, and do you think that he can really uh, t- you know, carry the load for South Florida? Either of you, Matt, you want to start? Yeah, please. I mean, I think he's a special player. I mean, he, he even started in the spring game from the very start, and I, and I do understand that it's just a spring game. But it's all about mentality, right? It's, it's how you treat everything. Some people can come in. It's kind of like the preseason in the NFL. Some guys play hard and some don't. You know, I mean, that's just how it is. I think he has a working mentality. He has all the – he has every tool in the set. Um, I think the running game might have a little bit of a struggle uh, getting to go – you know, getting it going. But if, if the passing game, you know, gets going, he can get going too. I mean, he's a, has a good burst. I mean, he'll beat you to the outside too. Uh, he can run with toughness, and I mean, he's he has a lot of agility. So, so Josh, what do you, what do you outside of Byron Brown, and what what do you think are who do you think is going to be kind of the impact players on the uh, on the South Florida Bulls offense? Laquan like Wright, or maybe someone else, or you want to expound on Wright, whatever you like. I think I think Wright is probably a the most balanced running back we've probably seen in the last couple of years. He can run, he can catch, he'll mow you over, he'll slip inside. That running back room is very deep. I think we're going to see a lot of different players back there from Kelly Joyner to uh, Kawan Powell. Uh, But I do think Naquan will get the workload tomorrow. Another player I do want to touch on, he's probably one of the tallest and most athletic players on the team, Jason Littlejohn, tight end. Yes. He he scored last <laughs> week. He's a monster. He is ginormous, and I think he could be a real, real threat tomorrow. Well, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be 2.30 on ABC. Everybody can follow SoFloBulls.com for the South Florida perspective and BamaCentral.com for the Alabama perspective. Uh, we'll send, uh, I'll send Katie and Austin over to, to, to say hello, hopefully, to you guys. What's uh, something – like a lot of our team right now is in Orlando experiencing Disney World. But, but Alabama fans are going to be arriving, you know, right now and all the way through the day tomorrow and mid-afternoon games. So there's going to be plenty of time in the evening to get into Tampa. Um, many people may not be leaving until Sunday. What are some of your favorite things if people haven't been to Tampa so far? Josh, you're, you're a South Florida graduate, so you've been there, done that. Same with Matt and Matt as well, but uh, both been there, done that. What are some of your favorite highlights of Tampa that uh, maybe some Alabama fans need to be looking for, either, either on the high-end budget, low-end budget, or anywhere in between? Because you're going to get a lot of different Alabama fans uh, in Tampa. 
I think there's a lot of good options here. We're right on the water. If you're looking for somewhere to kick it on the water, have a couple drinks if you're legal. Um, make your way over to Whiskey Joe's over here on the Courtney Campbell Causeway. I live right across the street from it. It's it's a blast. There's an outdoor deck. They have inside seating. The drinks are good. You got to get the gator bites. They're delicious. Um, if you're looking for food, I would check out Armature Works uh, closer to downtown Tampa. It's a huge food hall. And upstairs, they have a rooftop bar. It's called Embird. I would check it out. Real good drinks, real good food up there. The food hall down below, they have anything from Chinese food to Greek food, tacos, uh, pizza, um, and it's right on the water as well. It's right on the Hillsborough River. There's a little couple bars outside as well. I think that's a really cool place uh, that I, I know I enjoy. Absolutely. Matt, do you have any uh, any other suggestions or any other thoughts on what to do in Tampa outside of the game time? So if you're going to go eat, I'm going to have two that are just my favorites. You know, I went to school here and uh, I, I just know the area. So the Columbia restaurant is one of the most, it's one of the oldest known in Ybor City. If you haven't been, it is a unique experience that you ha- that you cannot get anywhere else. Um, uh, one of my personal favorite spots, to, like just to have tacos and have drinks is Miguel's, which is on Kennedy. Uh, smaller spot, but extremely good. Get the margaritas. There we go. Well, Alabama fans travel, and so you, you, you're going to have a, a, a get ready to see an influx of crimson and white, and they're going to be all looking for for uh, something to do and places to go. So hopefully, uh, they'll either be celebrating a win or drowning their sorrows. Uh, last week it was a uh, last week with Alabama. We left the stadium, and a lot of people went straight home, and it was the Texas people uh, celebrating here at the Strip. You got a couple. You, you got a, a pretty nice schedule going forward, and you haven't played any uh, American Conference games yet. So what with baseball, Based off what you've seen so far uh, through the first two weeks and really the excitement with first-year coach Alex Golish, uh, Matt, what's your expectation for this team in the American Conference? I mean, this has been my my statement the entire time. Six wins. Just get to a bowl game. This team ne- needs to get back to bowl games. It's so important for the exposure, for recruiting. I mean, just for the brand. Being, being on TV still when other teams are not. Being part of that entire – ordeal would really kind of revive our fan base has been kind of dragged to the mud. I mean, it's, it's been really tough when you, when you win one game, one game, two games, you know, four games. That's a, I mean, it's a lot I mean, four and 20, what, four and 29. Uh, I mean, it's hard. It's a hard sell, you know, but I really think it's realistic. I think six wins are doable and I think that should be the goal. Josh. Yeah, I'm pretty in line with that. Get that bowl game. The last time this team had a bowl game was 2018. I was 18 years old, a freshman in college. Our quarterback was former Bama quarterback Blake Barnett. Woo, um, don't say that name. Tell us about it. Sorry, Blake. Shout out, Blake. <laughs> love you, Blake. Um, yeah, we love that, you, too. <laughs> the, the Bulls need to get back to a bowl game. I think that is super crucial recruiting and really just morale in that in that athletic department really just see the program on the right path 
Well, I've had a lot of fun talking to Josh Katz and Matt Maneri of SoFloBulls.com today. Make sure you follow them at McNurkle and at JCat0 at SoFloBulls on the Twitter machine. Is there anything that we haven't hit on that's important for, for to talk about that Alabama fans need to know or really just neutral fans need to know about this matchup? Josh, I'll start with you, and Matt will go to you next and kind of wrap this bad boy up. Any any thoughts on the game that uh, we haven't hit on or things that we need to know about South Florida that you think is really important? I think we definitely touched on a lot. I'm trying to sure. think if there's anything we might have missed. Um, there's there's nothing I can. I got one on. item for you. Yeah, Just go for one. It, All right, Tampa, Florida is the DUI capital of the United States, Ooh. basically. So, do not drive. They have a huge DUI task force. This is what they're known for. You better Uber. You better not get caught driving around because you will be in Hillsborough County Jail. That is I a great I, PSA. A fair warning. That is a great and timely PSA. Uh, dude, Uber is easy. Lyft is easy. Please take advantage of that. Enjoy the weekend. Everybody needs to enjoy the weekend, but but please enjoy it responsibly. Getting down to Raymond James Stadium, flying in, flying out, whether you're driving in, driving out. You don't want to be in jail because you need to drive back home all the way on Sunday. That's going to be important. Matt Maneri and, and Josh Katz joining us from SoFloBulls.com. I really appreciate both of your time today. It's been a blast talking to you guys, and I hope that uh, I'll, I'll send our Bama Central team over to say hello. Uh, you, you guys can follow them at JCat0 and at McNurkle on the X Machine. And make sure you're following SoFloBulls as well for the South Florida perspective. You're going to want to hear what Alex Golich said after the game about Alabama, and you're going to want to really kind of follow them the rest of the year because Alabama hopefully might be a quality win if South Florida can continue to uh, can, can, can continue the upward trend. We'll get a chat out of here on this. Both of you said that you thought that uh, South Florida is going to cover, and I think that might be. I think that's right. Uh, what do you think is going to? Uh, we'll, we'll nail you down on a final score if you have one for each of y'all. I got you. 55-28. 55-28 Alabama, but it's going to be a fun game. I like that. I like that. I'm going to go with a more narrow one. 42 to 20, Alabama. Oh, I think, oh, Josh, I like that. I think that's the, I, I think that's right around the, I haven't, I guess I need to nail mine down by, by this time. I think it's, yeah, Alabama's defense is going to give up some plays. Oh, you're probably going to score a lot. I, Ooh, Josh, I think you might have nailed it. I think that's probably oh, what be- was the over under too? I think it was uh oh, over, let's see, yeah, let's see, let's 60, see. I don't have 61. Is that right? It is. I'm taking the over on that one. The over under is 61. Exactly. I'm yes, 61. Over on that one. I'll go it's over as well. Spread, I don't know, but the over under sounds pretty good. Absolutely. Guys, enjoy your time. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, and, and please, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll send everybody over your way to follow you at Matt at McNurkle and at JCat0 and at SoFloBulls.com. I appreciate your time, guys. I hope you have a great weekend and enjoy yourselves. Thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. That's Matt McNer- That's Matt Maneri and Josh Katz joining us from SoFloBulls.com. And I really appreciate getting the other side's perspective. We've done that each and every week with the MTSU and with Texas. And I think it's really important. Look, we haven't played South Florida, just like Matt has said. We haven't played South Florida since we were playing home games in Legion Field. So it's been a hot minute since you looked at South Florida. I know a lot of you heard about Nick Saban talking about the Tennessee scheme, and maybe that made you a little bit nervous. Hopefully our conversation today – 
uh, set a little bit of that at ease. I think South Florida is. Uh, I think South Florida is breaking in new n- new players on the transfer portal, new coaches, and some of that newness is going to uh, is going to probably bleed through through the game. And Alabama will ultimately win the ball game. I like Josh's score. He said forty two twenty. Ooh, I like Josh's score because I think Alabama's going to score. I do. But I think Alabama's going to give up some plays as well on the defensive end. Obviously, the talent will shine through, uh, and I don't think this is going to be—I don't think it's going to be a nerve-wracking game for all the Alabama fans. I hope you're going to get, get down there, and hope you're going to get down there and enjoy Tampa. All right, so we're going to get out of here. We're going to wrap this bad boy up. I hope you guys have had a great week. I've had a great week with you guys. I really appreciate Roger Hoover joining me on Wednesday. I really appreciate our Million Dollar Band members joining me on Thursday at Ansley Bowles and Brady Mitchell. If you want to hear what it takes to get into the Million Dollar Band and how hard they work, their summers are literally brutal. Just like the football team, their summers are brutal. You can see that episode on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. You can listen to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon. Amazon, anywhere you get your podcast. Of course, we're always on BamaCentral.com. I wrote a piece about the Alabama really recruiting philosophy of this weekend's game. Uh, really, Nick Saban. Nick Saban shifting his recruiting philosophy from neutral side games to home-and-home matchups, both for the fans but really for his recruiting base to kind of impact some of these recruiting hotbeds like South Florida, like Tallahassee, like uh, middle of Ohio for Columbus. You're going to go up to uh, Indiana. you got the guys in Chicago. It's going to be a great handful of years. The next 11 years, Alabama has a great home-and-home schedule going forward, so we're going to follow that. Now, uh, give you a little update. We have done picks each and every week on Football Friday, and – Obviously, Austin Hannity and Katie Wyndham are in Disney World. I didn't want to bother them. They're they're hanging out with Mickey Mouse. They're going around Epcot. They're riding Space Mountain, and I hope they're enjoying themselves before they get back to work tomorrow. Austin Hannon and Katie Wyndham uh, both sent me their picks. Bama Covers uh, was their pick. Austin is 2-0. Katie is 1-1. I am 1-1. I took Texas last week. Oh, my gosh. Now that we're down to it, now that we're down to it, I'm going with Bama covers as well. I think 42-20 is about right, but give me, give me, uh, what's 30? Oh, 17 plus 30 is 40-something. Yeah, give, give me 48, 48-17. That should put me at my 33 points, right? Is that my quick math? 48 and 17, 48, 17. That's one and that's 31. Oh, that means an, a USF cut. I'm going USF. I'm taking USF. Plus the 33. Plus the 33. I just can't do it. I can't get the uh, the 33 points out of my score. So uh, I'll go the opposite way. We'll have Katie Wyndham, Austin Hannon on Alabama. We'll have myself on USF. Alabama easily wins, but that 33-point margin, pretty darn large. Uh, obviously, Alabama holding MTSU to just seven points in the first week. I think it's going to be a little bit different than MTSU. Uh, but, but it's going to be a fun game. And look, you guys are going to want to watch it 2.30 on ABC. You can listen to it on Crimson Tide Sports Network with our man Roger Hoover. Let him know that you are happy to have him on the program at Roger underscore Hoover. And we're going to get out of here. Look, tomorrow is going to be a great day. You can follow it all at Bama Central. we got many people, Blake Byler, Matthew Gibson, Will Miller. Will Miller and Matthew Gibson have, are making the drive right now. Everybody else were driving down yesterday, so it's going to be a great weekend at BamaCentral.com. Follow us at Bama Central. Our man, Chris Walsh, at Riding Walsh. And that's going to do it for our show today. We'll be back next week. Oh, my gosh, next week. Oh, 
The nerves already hitting Ole Miss coming to town. Lane Kiffin, Pete Golding on deck trying to look. Pete Golding trying to get his name back coming to Tuscaloosa, and that's going to be a ball. That's going to be a blast to play tomorrow. Look, the big question mark is going to be Tyler Buckner or Jalen Milrow. How do we divide up the quarterback room tomorrow? Will Buckner start? You're hearing lots of rumors that Buckner's going to start. Uh, I don't know if I love that. I really think last weekend's uh, debacle was along the offensive line mostly and along the defensive line mostly rather than Jalen Milrow, but everything is under scrutiny. Maybe we'll see a new left, a uh, new right, uh, left guard, excuse me, right? Left, right guard, Darian Dalcor, excuse me, right guard. Uh, maybe we'll see a new right guard. Uh, hopefully we'll see better snapping issues out of Seth McLaughlin and the offensive line will be able to assert its dominance uh, tomorrow against South Florida. But you got to basically take everything with a grain of salt tomorrow because the competition steps up tremendously the week after with the Ole Miss Rebels. And we'll cover it right here at Bama Central and BamaCentral.com. I hope you have a great week. Tell a friend about the program. Share it on your social medias. You can find me at Joe Gaither 6 Send me your comments, questions, queries, and complaints at Joe Gaither 6 on any and all the social media platforms. I'll be back next week. On another edition of the Bama, of, Joe, of the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central and BamaCentral.com.